everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Crump, and you are not. And our internet was a little sketchy today, in the words of Richard Walsh. A, a little sketchy today. Uh, we're so excited today because in the studio is my uncle Lonnie, spiritual director extraordinaire and chief exorcist among the union stewards of the lowly lay trash. What is that? What's local 777? I'm very happy to be here with you today. My dad's here, Chuck's here, Carrie's here, Marius is here-ish, certainly as Colin is. Uh, but uh, I'm excited because today is our question and answer, as usual on Fridays. But more importantly, we are in our top secret bunker in a secret location designed to look exactly like our studio. <laughs> It's our Halloween special. Okay, it's not. Uh, is it Halloween? No, what month are we in? June. June. So it's not our Halloween special. Instead, uh, what we'll do is we're just going to, I guess, get into the question and answers uh, and see how we do. And um, I don't know. I'm a little off today. This doesn't have caffeine, does it? Yeah. Strategery, people. Strategery. So uh, with that in mind, we've got a couple questions, but not many. So send your questions in and uh, let's get after them. Now, oh, you know what I do have to mention? Today, it appears the Supreme Court uh, did rule that uh, abortion is not a right guaranteed in the Constitution. I am not a legal scholar. I do know um, for those who are... Um, I don't know. I, I guess here's the deal. It doesn't mean abortion is now illegal everywhere. Uh, it's probably, as I understand it, going to be moved to a state-to-state -state issue. Um, and, uh, it, you know, again, I don't think this is anything shocking, even if you're a pro-choicer, that it's hard to look at the Constitution and read into it a right to an abortion as birth control, right? And... Uh, Anyway, so that's what we got. Um, there's a lot of warnings right now for churches, a uh, couple groups, very publicly, right? Every time I talk about this, people are like, that's not true. Uh, go look. <laughs> um, what is it? Here for Ruth or whatever that group has announced that uh, tonight. I do like this title. I don't like this group, but this is kind of cool. Quote, we will have a night of rage. Did you see this? And I love they scheduled the night of rage for 8 p.m., starting at 8 p.m. tonight. Who picked that? Why not be like, let's have a night of rage at 7? But there was probably a meeting, and 8 o'clock was chosen. I don't think it has anything to do with getting out of work or anything. But be this as it may, uh, please pray for the protection of all Catholic churches and all uh, pro-life um, centers. Uh, there has been innumerable acts of vandalism and violence against these groups in the last month, ever since the scandal that no one seems to be talking about for the first time in the history of our country, someone leaked a document from the Supreme Court. Do you realize that's never happened before? And that didn't even make the news. That, that just blows me away. Somebody violated one of the most sacred tenets of our country. And uh, wow, we're not talking about it. Someone should go to jail. 
But uh, be this as it may, let's keep this all in our prayers. I'm getting a call from Seattle, Washington. Yeah, it's probably that Ruth group saying, no, it's going to be 8.05. So Billy's got to bring the dip. Um, sorry, I'm turning off. I always forget to turn off. So there we are. I'm not ready for today. Can you guys tell? Yeah. We just buried a woman. And my brain's a little bit still at that funeral. Because at one point, I was praying the Mass, and all of a sudden, everyone started laughing over on my left. Okay, so I'm doing this and not like uproarious, but certainly not subtle. And I was just sure I said the wrong name. That is my terror, especially when you have funerals kind of stockpiled. Uh, I'm always sure I'm going to say the wrong name. I mean, that's a terror for me. Uh, and I was like, oh, no. Right. But my cousin was there, my cousin Ray. And I kind of made eye contact and he did this. So I was like, okay, everything's fine. And it turns out it was because there was a little squiggly, doing a little squiggly thing. So <coughs> let's get after it. Okay, first question. Father, how did you get so pretty? Father, I recently ran into an article about a priest by the name of Father Richard Rohr, who has written books on the Enneagram and how to live out our sacred lives. However, I thought I understood that the Enneagram goes against our Catholic faith and that we should stay away from it. What are your thoughts? How do we know um, when we are following true lovers of Christ and when there are false teachers out there? Okay, so don't let me forget, Carrie, to do the second part of this question because that's huge. And Okay, so first of all, what I'm going to do, if you don't mind, instead of specifically answering your Enneagram question, I'm going to talk a little bit about Father Richard Rohr, okay? Um, and I'm going to do that because his books have had, some of them, have had a profound impact on my life. Um, and at the same time, some of the things he's written and done, I've done this face, ready? That face and that sound. Right. So for those of you who can't see, I don't know how to describe the face I made. You should thank Jesus. You can't see it. I think like everyone else, me, you, there are parts of him that are totally in love with Jesus and parts that are unconverted. Um, I just thought this this morning with the parable of the lost sheep, right? That uh, this is what hit me in my prayer. And it was really kind of cool. Like, I always think of that where it's Jesus says, like, if there's a hundred lost sheep and one of them wanders off. And he says, which one of you wouldn't leave the 99 to go find the one? And I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this. No one, right? No, no shepherd would leave 99 sheep unguarded and go get the one. That's not a logical uh, choice, right? That's, yeah, and that's part of Jesus' point. His love is illogical. But it hit me. Uh, we keep putting ourselves in the not lost sheep or the lost sheep category. And sometimes that's true. But I also think Jesus is talking about all the different parts of us, right? There's parts of us that follow the shepherd's voice, and there's parts of us that don't. Um, do you know what I mean? That it's, it's more complicated because we're more complicated. And I think Richard Rohr is like everyone else. I think he has written some things that um, the church has told him to back off. And on some of them he has, and on some he hasn't. Uh, obedience is a big deal. Uh, and so in the end, I don't 
get into the Enneagram because I don't know what to make of that. Uh, that some people have told me it's demonic. Some people are like it has nothing to do with spirituality. It's a personality assessment. I've read all kinds of stuff and I thought not to be funny. Okay, here's my thinking. I'm very practical. Um, it can't hurt me to stay away from it. <laughs> There's other tools, right? When I was in seminary, we used Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFJ. Um, uh, yeah, personality assessments are helpful, and there's a ton of them. Well, it turns out there's some that aren't controversial, and they're not like the ones on Facebook, right? The ones on Facebook are just to get data about you, and they all come out the same. You're very special. Uh, but, yeah, so in terms of Richard Rohr, um, I enjoy some of what he's written, but I did stop reading him a few years ago just when I thought it felt to me like he was getting out there um, and I wasn't comfortable. Now, does that mean he's wrong or he's right and I'm wrong or he's wrong? I don't know. I'm doing my best. And what I found was I felt like I learned everything from him that I can at this stage in my life. How is this? Are you guys comfortable with this? Yeah. <clears throat> and plus, well, okay, but always remember, good people can say dumb things, and dumb people can say good things. Uh, there's areas I feel qualified to talk about. There's areas I don't. I try to stay away from presenting myself as an expert on things I'm not an expert on. Uh, and I'm an expert on almost everything. So uh, that leads us to how do we know when we are following true lovers of Christ and they say like yourself, which thank you, uh, and when we are following false teachers. Jesus just talked about this at Mass yesterday. Do you remember this, guys? He says a good tree doesn't make bad fruit and a bad tree don't make good fruit. Um, and I think I shared this with you guys before, but this question that you asked that I'm now going to try to attack one of the most pivotal moments in my priesthood came from this, where um, a couple people who I saw in church every day, this was many years ago, uh, began reading uh, a website that markets itself as Catholic reporting. And really, I just watched them become angry. And I mean this, angry and even cruel people. And it was such a shocking change that they began to lose friends. And it moved from literally one of those women who just always after mass, oh, Father, I just love the Eucharist. Thank you for mass. Praise God. To, can you believe this bishop and this gay conspiracy and this, you know, and you're like, what the, what happened? That's bad fruit, right? That if you can't be at mass and just soak in the beauty of the Eucharist, then whatever you're feeding you is a false teacher. They might have good intentions. They might be convinced they're right, but bad trees don't make good fruit. Good trees don't make bad fruit. And the Bible lays out for us what the fruits of the Spirit are. Peace, joy. Um, well, in fact, let's get there. Okay. Let's look at what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. Okay. Uh, because I can never remember them all. I just have them inside of me. <laughs> just kidding. Humility is one of them. Um, 
let's look at, uh, if you don't mind, we're going to jump over now to uh, uh, Galatians 5, okay? Ephesians, GE Power Company. That's how you remember it. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Nice. Thank you. Okay, so let's get to Galatians 5. How are people doing? Really good. I feel off my game today, so yeah. don't hesitate to tell me if I'm being loser boy. Okay, ready? I say to you, walk by the Spirit. Blah, 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 blah. Where'd we go? If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are plain. Okay, so here's how do you know the fruits. If you are following this Catholic person or Christian person and you find these things, that's not a good fruit. That's a fruit not of God. Namely, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, ready? Strife, jealousy, anger, dissension, party spirit, which I love, envy, carousing, and the like. So Paul puts in sexual sins, gluttonous kind of sins, and divisive sins. And he says, those are all works of the flesh. Uh, tribalism, uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, dissension, right? All these kind of things. Paul identifies. If the person you're listening to, every time you walk away, you're angry or afraid, that is not of God. Now, sometimes hearing the truth will cause a righteous anger in us, but a righteous anger is not dedicated to shooting your own troops in the back and declaring victory. Yeah? Okay. So then let's look at the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay. If reading or listening to these, these people, uh, you experience those fruits, then you know, okay, this cat's for real. So that doesn't mean we'll never be offended by the truth. Dear God, I'm offended by the truth regularly. Uh, I wish I could call myself righteous now, right? I wish God agreed with me on everything, and I've tried my best to convince him. It's not going well. But for you and I, what we want to remember, a true follower of Christ doesn't need us angry all the time and doesn't need us to be people who are filled with strife, dissension, and tribalism. Those are the main ones. Now, why am I not talking about the sexual ones? Because most of these people selling themselves as Christian um, uh, speakers, writers, and things, they're not trying to justify sexual sins. They're trying to justify anger and being angry because then we're a lot easier to control. Yeah, when we're afraid and we're angry, super easy to control. That's just how it works. Uh, is that helpful? Yeah. yeah, we got this. Okay, Uncle Lonnie, you got anything to add? No, okay. Um, and honestly, I'm not just saying this, Uncle Lonnie's helped me with a lot of this. Uh, he's helped me discern, and there's a couple people you say, I don't know if you should be listening to them, Joe, and walk me through, and he always doesn't just say, I don't know about that guy. He's always got a guy for me to read, or a gal, um, and I'm so grateful for that. Okay, let's have some coffee brought to you by Heinz. Do you know about this, Uncle Lonnie? I'm trying to secure a sponsorship with Heinz Ketchup. 
Yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Nobody has a Heinz ketchup sponsorship. Did you see that French's has a ketchup flavored popsicle they're going for sale in Canada? A ketchup flavored popsicle? I can't think about that without making a terrible face. And do you remember sister, uh, my, my sister, Teresa? Sister Teresa tried to convince me to eat potato chip flavor, ketchup flavored potato chips? That's disgusting. This is, this goes against the will of God. So there's a false teacher. You know, you think, oh, what's the fruit of listening to Sister Teresa? Well, I'll tell you, I've experienced it firsthand. Love, joy, peace, gentleness. But then when she started sliding into ketchup-flavored potato chips, I was just like, out, creature of darkness! That might not be true. Could you explain the church's teaching on Free Willy? Yes, it was a movie. Uh, I think the 1990s. And it was... Soundtrack with Michael Jackson on there, which is the only reason I watched it, and I found it really irritating. No, oh, free will. I'm sorry. Okay, could you explain the church's teaching on free will, you guys? I think I'm funny today, and you all look bored. <laughs> you have a lot of questions. Coming. I have a lot of questions coming. In. Okay, so I better hustle. Okay, uh, what were we talking about? Free will. Here's how it works. Simplest way to think of it. I think. Okay, namely, when ever since you were a little squeaker, you were taught God is. L-O-V-E. Love. Yes, nice. I didn't know Gary could spell. God is love, okay? And he is. Now, the word love in English means a million things. I love my dad. I love hot dogs. I love my dog. Those are three different loves, but it's the same word. The way you know what kind of love I mean is by their context. We doing good? When we say God is love, what we're referring to is not an action or a quality of God. It's what God is. Namely, when you and I are loving, that means we're acting like God. The more we are acting like God, the more loving we are. Doing good so far? Now, <clears throat> love to really hum has to be directed at something that loves it back even though it doesn't have to. So dad loves me and I love dad and he doesn't have to, and I don't have to, we choose to. So that love means something more. Do you remember that stage in your life when you were younger, when your friends love melt, meant more to you than your family love? That's a weird stage of development, but everybody goes through it. And what is it? Well, your first friends are the ones you realize they picked me right? Family stuck with me. Those guys picked me. And so it's a, you know, it's just a stage of development, I think. But God, who is love, gave us free will because we are the thing that can love him back, even though we don't have to. He could have made us automatons who just always do the right thing and love him perfectly. And he did make some of those. They're called dogs, they're called plants. They're called fish. These are things that love God perfectly. But their love's not as good as ours because they don't have a choice. They have no freedom. My dog is not free to not be a dog. You and I are free to not be human. We are free to not act human. How are we doing so far? So when we say what is free will, free will is the way that it's a quality to the way we're created. 
that makes our love for God or our hate for God or our apathy toward God vital. Okay? We can love when we love God, when my dog loves God, which right now, truly, he's napping, right? He's just laying there spread out, uh, taking as much space as possible. He's loving God perfectly. That dog, like every dog, is incapable of sin. And he's incapable of not loving God. But his love is less than mine. Because when I love God, it's a choice. That's free will. Yeah? Okay. Uh, Father, I understand that when a parish closes, the statues and other related items are stored and offered to other parishes for their use. That's true, right? Uh, jokingly, a priest in our diocese call it Rome Depot. Yeah, isn't that terrible? It's the warehouse where all the stuff is from the closed churches, and you can go and, and get it, okay? We call it Rome Depot. Why did I lose that? I Sorry. Did. Oh, got you, sis. Uh, where did it go? How long are they kept? And if it is decided not to keep them anymore, how are they disposed of? Um, I also understand many priests are given their own cha Okay. Yeah, oh no, I'll keep going. Our gift, I also understand many priests are given their own chalice and patent at the time of ordination. What happens to these items when the priest passes away? That's the priest in hell. Um, so what do we do with all these statues, with these chalices that priests get? Uh, we do. We put them in Rome Depot, and then priests kind of pillage it prayerfully uh, as they can, or... Um, like when we dug the foundation of this church, do you remember this? We've, we put a ton of stuff at the diocese request in the back of my truck, drove it here, and it's now in the foundation of our church, including some priest chalices, at least one. I remember seeing one. I can even tell you whose it is. Yeah. Uh, but um, so that's one way. You bury them in the foundation of a church or a lot of times, and Uncle Lonnie will know this, he helped me with funerals in Hudson a lot. Uh, you just talk to the funeral home. And when you're going to bury someone, once the hole is dug, you go put all that stuff in there so that then they put the vault down and then the grave goes in the vault. Did you, did you ever? Were you ever part of that with me? I can't remember. Like, no, okay. So sometimes, and honestly, people you love might have been buried with sacred things beneath them, uh, which is, you got to think of it like microwave holiness. It just kind of radiates up. And... Sorry. So we tend to bury it in the foundations of the church or with dead Catholics. We don't bury it ever with live Catholics because that's immoral. No? What is it? Oh, the goat? I've heard so many times, love is love. And if your God tells you to hate another person for who they love, maybe you should find a new religion. <sighs> Since when has disagreeing with someone turned into hate? How should we respond or just pray about it? I, I get it. it. We are so shallow in our society. I'm sorry, but it's true. And I love us. I do. And I'm falling to it too. But guys... If one more person says love is love to me, I'm going to bring up pedophilia. Yeah? No, I'm serious. What the hey? What does that even mean? And this is the core of so many of our problems in our country. We all resort to slogans. We don't even talk to each other. We just beller slogans at each other and think, oh, I won. Checkmate. Um, 
you know, I get this. I have. I've heard it from people. God said never to judge. Okay, you just picked one line out of a whole chapter. Um, <laughs> and what do you think it means when he says don't judge? Judge not lest ye be judged. Uh, what do you think he means in there? And what do you think it means when we say love everyone? Does it mean I love my, my uh, you know, what do you say, a little great nephew who wants to stick his hand on orange glowy thing that's called an oven? Uh, do I say, oh, hey, you know, I love him. He wants to touch it. Or do I say touching that hurts you? You will get hurt. We remember that when something God says that's a sin, we're not free to call it anything else. And God didn't call it a sin for random purposes. Whatever God calls a sin, he calls it that because it hurts us. He doesn't want us hurt. So I get it. I, I know people say this, and how do I respond to it? Frankly, I'm learning to just not respond to slogans. Uh, it just doesn't. Okay, thank you. Yep, great. They don't want dialogue. They want submission. Um people who say things like this, either that or they just haven't thought about it. Uh, and again, I want to love, I want to love really, really well. Um, and I don't need you to agree with me, right? I, I've got friends who like, and, and probably you might be talking about this. I, I've got, a, I've got friends who are homosexual, um, and they know I disagree with them about their lifestyle. And they know that, and I know that, you know, right? I know we disagree with each other. And we've talked about it, but I love them and they love me. Turns out you don't have to agree all the time, right? I think we call that marriage. <laughs> I've told you this, right? I, I, I tell you guys this all the time, but whenever someone, oh, Father, your celibacy is such a sacrifice. No, it's not. Married people, that's a sacrifice. I've heard you people argue about parking spots. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, you're going to park there? Well, where do you want me to park? Oh, my God, park the car. Oh, Father, it's such a sacrifice. No, I just park. Dad and me, right? We go everywhere together. And it's like, I never say, well, Dad, is this a good parking spot? We just park the truck. I ain't sacrificing crap. So has everybody left? No. No, okay. Here's the thing, guys. Adults disagree with each other all the time and still find a way to love. And when I say, if I say to someone, I think that's bad for you, I'm not saying they're going to hell. I don't know who's going to hell. I have no idea. It's not my business. Um, and I don't think it's my job to run up to everybody I disagree with and tell them I disagree. Right? Uh, I'd rather they knew God loved them and went from there. Yeah. Okay. Am I going on and on? No, no, no. Oh, great. Really? Okay. First, allow me to drink some coffee. Okay. Father, I have a story to tell you about the festival. Uh-oh. Does this involve food poisoning in my coney sauce? Because our lawyers are going to be in contact with you. It's a good story. Oh, great. Okay. My husband and my brother bought some 50-50 tickets, or as we say in Matt Rose, 50 50 and Father Lay was sitting at the table right behind us. And I said to my husband and brother, jokingly, we should ask Father Lay to bless our tickets. Oh, I know where this is going. That dude is holy. I'm serious. I ask him to pray for stuff all the time. I'll bet I know how this story ends. 
we were talking to him. Oh, Father Lee laughed and said, you will win. See, and I get, yep, my husband won. My question is, do you best lotto tickets? Yes, my own. I will not bless your lotto tickets because then that means I might not win. So I don't love anyone that much. I'll be honest. Like if Jesus appeared to me and said, well, you, you know, if you bless these lottery tickets, I'll win. I'd be like, sorry, Jesus, I prayed for mine. And I asked your mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bless lottery tickets. No, are you crazy? I buy lottery tickets. I don't want you to win. I want to win. <laughs> the key is clearly to get Lay to bless him. Seriously, I just asked Lay to pray for stuff. Did you remember? Yeah. Yeah, call the. No, no, don't. I'm going to ask Lay to bless mine, and I don't want him blessing you. I'm going to forbid him. As your pastor, Lay. Here's a quote. You want to hear a great Father Lay praying story? Seriously. It was, I don't know, three weeks ago, and we had back to back funerals. And it just, my brain was a wreck, okay? My heart was a wreck. My brain was a wreck. I was in bad shape. And I was sitting at the kitchen. I was alone, and I just started crying, right? I'm like, oh, man, I'm a mess. And all of a sudden, ready? My brother. That's what he said. Lay, my brother. And I was just like, bro, I'm sorry. I'm fine. I'm just gassed. And I and I did blah, 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 blah. And he does that face where he nods and closes his eyes. And then he just prayed over me. And I just felt it, I'm not kidding, lift right off me. And he hugged me and told me he loved me, and then he left. I'm like, I love Father Larry. Okay. Uh, real question, though, Father. Why is the chalice always covered back up after the priest changes the blood to Jesus? Is there a reason for this, or is it just something that's done? You know, flies. Uh, I, I know that sounds crazy. Uh, like at our new church here in lovely Grand Blank, but Uncle Ani will tell you, uh, every mass at, at Holy at Sacred Heart in Hudson, I have flies or bugs in the chalice. It's just they love that precious blood. And I always joke that they got their first and last communion. Remember that? I, I, was, I, I had mass because the people were like, why didn't we receive the precious blood? I'm like, because there were bugs in it. They fly in there and they would hover around. The, it's called a pall, by the way, P-A-L-L. And they would just hover around it. They were like, we want the precious blood too. So I say, all right. <laughs> good day. Sorry, it disappeared. Did you see? It's up. It's up. Okay. Oh, good day, Father. Or good day. Is this person from Australia? Canada. Canada? All right. Good day, Father. In your years of wedding couples, have you ever dealt with a bride running back down the aisle, runaway bride or groom? I had a groom who didn't show up. I can't tell you the story. I don't think, but it was pretty early in my priesthood. I had said to the couple, I've only done, the, can I tell this story? I don't know. I'm going to look at you, Uncle Ani. You know all the rules. I had twice in marriage prep told them, I'm not comfortable. Like, she talked to him like he was a little boy. And it was just a mess. And I was so freaked out. And then uh, wedding day he just never came. Yeah. I think somebody's life got saved. No, I don't think you should tell that story. Okay. <laughs> okay, then let me do what the judges do, right? You didn't hear any of that testimony. Wipe that from the, Wipe that from the record. 
where are cardinals in the hierarchy of the church? Right above robins. <laughs> Don't you think they should be called like eagles? <laughs> I am an eagle of the church. No, they're called cardinals because of the Latin word cardinal, which is the hinge of a door. Right? Doors open and shut on these cats. What does that mean? They don't really have more authority than a bishop, uh, but what they can do is vote for the next pope. Is okay. that the only difference? Kinda. I mean, it's hard to explain because it's not 100% clear. Like, okay. I think I told you guys this. One of the if you ask me moments. Okay, this is a if you ask Joe's opinion, just opinion. So this is worth very, very little. I mean that. The church's authority and the church's internal authority is based on, so much of it is based on don't make laws. So if you look at our law book for the church, it's tiny. We have a really, like, you think about just our tax code in the U.S., right? You think about just, uh, and then how is a church that's 1,700 years older than our country have such a tiny rule book? Um, it's because the church never passes a law unless she absolutely has to. Why? Because every time you make a law, you get, well, what about this? What about that situation? You are removing brain power from the equation every time you make a law. How are we doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. The speed limit's 55. Can you go 56? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can tell you as a guy who worked with cops for years, you can go 55. You could go 64. They're never going to bother you. Okay. Why? It's just not worth the time. But here's the thing. So can I go 64? Yeah. Are they going to put speed limit, 55 to 64? No. Uh, you get me? 61 is illegal, but it's not unsafe as a general rule. And you might be thinking, well, what about this? Exactly. Do you see what happens when you make a rule? We all are trying to figure out the way around it. We're all pointing to exceptions. People do this like today when we were talking about abortion. Every time abortion comes up, what about to save the life of a mother? Yeah, that's obviously different than birth control. And I don't think I should have to explain that. I think intelligent people can assume these things. Don't you? Or am I being difficult? Okay. So like when someone says to me, I think abortion should be illegal or should be legal. I think it's fair to assume. Are you taught? I can clarify. Do you mean as birth control or do you mean to save the life of a mom? Do you mean it, at, right? There, there's all kinds of follow-ups. Every time we make a law, we give wiggle room to the devil. We give wiggle room to our flesh. Not our skin, right? But our flesh means that spoiled little snot inside of us. Every time we make a rule, we chain ourselves. Okay? How we do? Okay. So, in terms of the church's internal uh, authority. A lot of it is presumed and it's starting to change because you now have generations of clergy who are falling into the trap. And what is the trap? Well, what's the authority of a bishop over a priest? Well, it's pretty strong. Uh, but here's what happened for a lot of priests in my age group went through this a lot. A lot of us in my age group, 
you have an older pastor who crushes you in some way, uh, either because they decide you're too conservative or they decide this or that. And so what would they always do? That guy's crazy. And they go to the bishop and the bishop sends you away to get psychological counseling. This was a tool in the hands of bad clergy for a long time. And how did it work? Simple. Happened to me. Bishop calls you in. Did you do this? No. Have you doing this? No. Well, so-and-so says you are. We want to send you away for psychological treatment. Yes, Bishop. Why? Because we promised. Okay, how are we doing? Bishops abused that. Priests abused it. They, uh, pastors abused it. They used their power badly. And so what happened? The church had to make a law. And so then what happens now? Now you get a priest. And it, I talk to pastors all the time. He won't do anything I say. I say, go do this job. He just won't do it. And if you go to him and confront him, he follow the process. You confront him, then you confront, the, then you go to the bishop with him. What do they do? Church law says, I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to go to counseling. Crap. Right? Do you, do you get it? Um, so why am I going through all this about cardinals? Because what is the defined power of a cardinal? It's not really defined because they haven't needed to yet. <laughs> the way you can think of it is, these are the Pope's closest advisors. Well, what's their power? They can elect the next pope if they're under 75. So is it, I'm sorry for the very long story, but I hope that helps you. What is the power of the pope? Ready? Do you know this one? In church law, he is the greatest among equals. And you're like, what does that mean? It means they're not going to define it. Because the moment they define it, somebody's going to bend it. Isn't this crazy? Have you ever thought about this? Oh, you got to go, don't you? Okay, love you, big bro. Uncle Lonnie's got to go. His PO is here. But what do you think, Uncle Lonnie? Does that make sense about laws? Laws chain us. They don't free us. We need laws. But what we should be able to do is offer principles that people obey by doing less than they're allowed and more than they're asked. That's how the system works. I will do what my bishop says if it doesn't violate my conscience. And if it violates my conscience, then he wants to know. Okay. So as a side note, and this has happened right near us in the Lansing Diocese, a priest removed, right? Remember this? By his bishop and then ran to the angry media and said, I'm being persecuted for being conservative. No, you're being disciplined because you're an arrogant jerk. There's a big difference. Right. But all he had to do was run around. And I knew the bishop, like who he was claiming was liberal. I'm like, bro, I know that guy. If you think he's liberal, you need therapy. Right. But it, again, when a priest does that, don't you dare listen to them when they tell you to obey because they sure don't. OK, I got a little saucy there, didn't I? Are we all right? Okay, so sorry for all that. I think you'll find it helpful. I hope you do. The church is always reluctant to make rules. And if she makes a rule, she had to. And in that light, do you want to hear a rule? That's literally, that when I was taught canon law, was called the French statute. A priest may not absolve his partner in a sin against adultery and a sin against marriage. So there were so many priests apparently doing this that they were like, brah. But you would think, why did they have to, if they had to make the law, 
But now think about it. Should they have had to make that law? No. But priests are a mess. We all are. <clears throat> what if a cardinal is 76? He cannot vote for the next pope. I think I'm saying it right. And in fact, Heidi, if you're watching, can you help? It might be 85. I don't know. Um, let me see if she's written us. No. Okay. Um, Heidi's my sister. She's a canon lawyer. She's a judge. She's running for pope. She's running for pope. Do you know, before John Paul II, John Paul II, if I, I think I have this right, was the last pope elect. Oh, you know, bro? Only cardinals under the age of 80 are eligible to vote in a conquest. Split the difference. I was off. Okay, so it's not 75. It's not 85. It's 80. So if they're under 80, they can vote for the next pope. Uh, and come Holy Spirit. There are cardinals appointed that are not appointed as voters, right? They don't go to the conclave. Conclave just means key because they used to lock them up. Um, oh, what was I going to tell you about that? Oh, and here's another interesting one. Every bishop has to submit their retirement to the Pope at seven, or resignation to the Pope at 75. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Accepted or not? He can accept it or he doesn't have to. Like poor Bishop Carl, do you remember? He just cried every year when on his birthday. Seriously, he just he was like, I just want to be a priest. Um, Bishop Earl has like a marked on his calendar. <laughs> I literally just talked to a guy who works in that world, right, with the Vatican, who said in the U.S. more priests every year are saying no. We, you know, the Holy Father wants you to be a bishop. No, thanks. No, good to go. Deuces. And I do think some of that, can I rant more? Gosh, I'm ranty today. Okay. Some of that is this, this uh, angry backlash against the bishops, which is not always fair. Um, we just forget they're not CEOs. They're successors to the apostles. And we believe that or don't. Well, what if they did bad things? Yep. So did our original apostles. They did some awful things. They're still apostles. And I take that very serious. And it's and I'm going to be candid. I've paid for it joyfully. And I would again. Yeah. Do not trust a priest. You talk about who to listen to, who runs to the media to defend them against a bishop. That is a disobedient priest. Well, what if he's being persecuted? Um, I don't know. Jesus said we would be. Right? Blessed are you when they insult you, persecute you, and utter every kind of slander against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven. Well, are you gunning for heaven or earth, chief? Right? And those are always the priests who are yelling at God's people for not praying mass according to the rules, for not obeying this teaching. And there they are, not doing it themselves. Psst. All right. Okay, is the decision to hold communion services made by the bishop for a diocese or by the priest in the parish? Good question. For example, a group in a parish would like to hold a communion service at 6.30 a.m. two days a week. Mass is held at 9 a.m. Okay, first, Jesus is not awake at 6.30. I don't know if you guys know this. It's very awkward. Uh, Jesus is not a morning guy. Wouldn't that be crazy, seriously, if you get to heaven? And it turns out Jesus is a sleep-in kind of guy, and he stays up really late. You're like, bro. Yeah, you're a Jewish carpenter. I assume you got up early. No, are you crazy? We didn't have coffee yet. 
Right? Jesus, well, he sure wasn't watching the Tigers. <laughs> okay, generally the priest makes the call. Like, uh, we just ran into this, what, Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, Wednesday we do confessions from 515 to 545 with two priests. I just did four with two priests. And then we have mass at six. Now, we try to cut the line so that confessions end by six, right? The last guy stays in as long as is needed to end the line. But like Wednesday, what? We had people just, there were people getting in line after six. That's a sin. <laughs> is that okay to say? Uh, the priest, the other priest never showed up. I shouldn't have said that. No, no. Oh, okay. I started confessions 20 minutes early. Did, I told Carrie, I said, I got a feeling. I don't know. I'm going to get there early. I'm done early. I got there 20 minutes early, started confessions. The other night, I never showed up, right? And so all I know, and it was kind of funny, whoever did the communion service was really loud, right? So I'm in the confessional, and the person's a quieter, and I'll say, in the name of the Father, and they say, oh, my gosh, what's going on out there? Somebody's yelling at Jesus. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was there till what, 20 to 7? Yes. Just because people kept coming and coming. Mass was done. Yes. But we didn't do mass, by the way, because that priest never showed up. And I'm all alone this week, so I'm only supposed to try to do so many masses a day, right? And, I, you know, I'm being candid. I'm sorry. I'm gassed. I am. I was just telling Carrie, I am so brain tired, So as you can tell from today's show. So in the end, a decision was made prayerfully. Uh, we're going to do a communion service so Father can finish the line for reconciliation because I had already done two Masses that day. So, um, yeah, I, I hope I answered the question. I think I did. Well, I think he's I am so scattery. That was kind of an emergency situation, yeah. right? I think he's talking about scheduling. Oh, yeah, boy, I don't know how that would go. I think you'd have to ask the pastor. I, I think that's how it would go. Because uh, the key is um, he would have to consecrate extra hosts the day before, right? Which is fine. You, you should. I always try to have enough hosts in there so that if I fall over dead, uh, you can still get communion and have time to get a guy for the next day, right? Uh, and if I fall over dead, I want it on the record, Carrie gets my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dad's like, except the guns. Dad gets the guns. I don't want Gary to have the guns. Gary doesn't want the guns. Yeah. No, auction, my baseball thing, and all the money goes to the tuition. Nice. I want to raise a million dollars, but I'm trying to not die until the last 84 Tigers guy dies. Because then that collection skyrockets. Not that I want them to die. Wow, this is grim. Okay, so yeah, I think you talk to your pastor or try the bishop, but try the pastor first. And some pastors, I don't know. Gosh, I know a pastor who wouldn't let people have a Bible study in the church unless he was leading it. It's like, really, Father? You need free time. Okay, uh, Father, this is a two-part question. Father, this is a two-part question. Is that funny? Be honest. All right. I know that religious articles that are in a parish that is being closed. Oh, wait, didn't I just answer this? Oh, no. Hmm. Hold on. Okay. It's different. I wonder if it got messed up. No, no, no. It's a different okay. one. It's just the same concept. I do think I kind of answered this. So let's see what you think. 
Uh, oh, and I'm not saying, what I'm saying is this is a question. I answered a similar question. Okay. What's the deal? When a parish closes, they take all the sacred and offer it to other parishes. Sometimes they offer it to mission churches. This is actually a yummy one and it's hard to do. It's one way you can financially help too. Namely, do you remember we mailed all that stuff to India and it cost us like 700 bucks. Do you remember this, Kara? I think it was before yeah. you, Chuck. Um, they needed help. Um... But anyway, so they'll give the religious items to other churches or other parishes, and if not, they'll bury them either under someone's grave or in the foundation of a church. Or I think they can just bury them on any sacred ground. Um, yeah, so the chalice and paten, you, you often will just give to a new guy. Now, to be clear, not every priest gets a new chalice and paten at their ordination. That's just some parents do that, some parents don't. Uh, I was ordained with two other guys. One guy got it and one guy didn't, right? It's it's expensive. It is. It's ridiculously expensive, frankly. Sometimes it feels like a little bit of a shakedown, but I also understand that's how capitalism works. It's not like there's a ton of priests, you know, so they can't make 100,000 chalices. They make 100, which means, anyway. Okay. It, I just started. Oh, no, I got you, sis. In the prayer to St. Michael, didn't we use... Sorry, didn't we used to say by the divine power of God cast into hell, Satan? I don't know. Do any of you? Pop, do you remember? No? Chuck? Chuck's super old, and he doesn't remember it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck, we're your friends. So, no, I don't recall that, but that doesn't mean much. I was taught the one we say, by the power of God cast into hell. Because I can't imagine there's a non-divine power of God. Not to be funny. Nice. Yeah. To be clear, you could be right. Are there two different accounts of Pentecost in the New Testament? We hear from Acts on Pentecost Sunday, but then at least one of the gospel, Jesus breathes on the apostles and tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. Would they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit only on one occasion? Um, think of it this way. Pentecost activated what God gave them. Okay, so it's sort of like uh, a pop bottle. Um, that's how you are, right? Think of it this way. When you were born, you're filled with God's breath. So think of a pop bottle that's never been opened. Confirmation is shaking up the bottle. And now you got to open up and get spirit everywhere. Okay, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did that answer it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, weekly, weekly catch up with Father Joe. Sponsored by Heinz. I, I would need like a million dollars, I think. I think that would be fair. It's pretty clever, though. I like it. I like it. We're a ketchup. Uh, okay. So what do we got? My question confirms the salvation of souls before Jesus died on the cross. Were souls saved before he died? What about people even today who've never heard of Jesus, such as people who lived in isolation from the rest of the world? Another example would be those people who worshipped idols and knew nothing about Jesus and his redemptive love. Okay, I got you. Lots of questions. Here's the key. We have no idea who's in hell, right? Uh, we know the devil's there. We know his demons are there. But the church discourages us from speculating as to who's in hell. Because uh, we really don't know how deep the mercy goes, and we don't know what we don't know. Um, God does not judge us for what we don't know. 
but we also do have a duty to pursue things we don't know. D you with me? Right? So think of it. Paul Dahl's a buddy of mine. He always explained it. He said, think of it as two sides of the coin. God doesn't hold you responsible for what you don't know. That's on one side of the coin. You flip it, and the other side is, but you're responsible to learn as much as you can. Okay? So what we believe is that for all the people who lived before Jesus was born on earth, that they were in a place called Sheol, um, and that it says in Second Peter that when Jesus died, he descended down there and preached to them and then led the people who followed him to heaven. Okay? So I, I hope that helps. So when we say, well, what about these people who maybe, and these people exist, right? There's certainly one in India. We know it for a fact. Uh, they, do you know about this, this island in India that has completely been out of touch with anybody for thousands and thousands of years? You can't go there. Why? Because we have a billion diseases. And the first humans who went there, almost everyone died from smallpox. So now that island is completely isolated. No one can go there. If you try to go there, it's a capital crime because it'll kill all of them. Do they know the gospel? No. Um, well, why don't we make, you know, flyers and drop them? Because those flyers will be covered with our germs. I know this is crazy, but it is true. Have you heard about all this? They've actually killed people who've tried to get to that island. Yeah, they were worried about them during the uh, yeah. tsunami. Right. So all this to say... Can they go to heaven? Sure. How will they get to heaven? Jesus. That's the only way to get to heaven, even if they don't know him. How are we doing? Um, <laughs> There's some devil and priest going on. Which, oh, the priest one. Uh, Father, there is a priest that won't perform a Catholic wedding unless the couple have a mass during the ceremony. Is that kosher? <laughs> they used to, yeah. um, it depends if he's doing it because you don't need a priest for a wedding okay oh there's wedding ceremony wedding mass okay so let's go wedding ceremony do you need a priest no a deacon can do it and i'll be honest sometimes if a couple says a wedding ceremony and i look at my schedule i think oh that's deacon why i can only do so much and i i hate how i sound Priests are, a lot of priests are tired. And granted, I know priests who wouldn't work a day of their life if they had to, but I also know priests who are just pushing as hard as they can. And what happens is the guys who don't work, we end up catching their work. You get me? It's going to get done. There's priests who are mean, so people don't go there. I'm nice, I think. You stupid people. I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't resist it. I had to. I'm sorry. I hope you found that as funny as I did. Okay. So there, I, I try to be nice to people. I don't get mad at people for what they don't know. Um, so people do come to me. And I can only do so many. I can only do so much. So if his policy is, well, if you're doing a wedding ceremony, a deacon will do it. That is reasonable, in my opinion. Um, if it's because... He just doesn't want to. Well, then he's a jerk. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Who said that? No, but you, you, does that make sense? Seriously. Some priests, like, I can see me making this policy in the future. I can. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. We, we've got a million weddings. And I love them. Oh, my gosh, I love weddings. But uh, although I like funerals best, I've told you, I love funerals. There's something so beautiful about standing in the face of death and going, no, you don't win. 
It looks like you won. You won this fight. You didn't win the war. Ah. Um, okay. Our priest doesn't actually speak the words, the body of Christ, when giving communion. I avoid his line for this reason. Good call. Yeah. What does he say? That's what I wrote. I'm dying to know. If you're comfortable, oh gosh, don't tell me because this is morbid curiosity. But if you're comfortable telling us, I would love to know what he says. Yeah. Is it just silence or is it? Yeah. Or is he saying it in Latin? Some guys say it in Latin. That that works. Um, Can you? That's funny. If he just thinks, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I know. He should say it, okay? He should say, the body of Christ. And if he doesn't, you shouldn't get in that line. I mean, not because the sacrament's not valid, because it is. It is? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. If he said the right and did the right, oh. if he said the right words and did the right words at the consecration, what he's saying there, you know, if he came up with something really clever, um, yikes. But it's still the body of Christ. I, get, I wouldn't get in his line either. But I think it's just because all I would be able to think about is, what is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember Dad and I were at a funeral? This is a true story. He said I don't, nothing. He says nothing. Yeah. Weird. So he's just like, <laughs> really? You, it'd be funny if you were like, the body of Christ. Try to give him his line. Or, or go up and say, body of Christ? Yeah. Body of Christ? <laughs> This is a true story. Dad and I, many years ago, one of my aunts died. Oh, I'm so going to hell for this. And I didn't can celebrate the funeral because this priest was nuts. And I knew he was a little bit out there. And he was winging it on the Eucharistic prayer. And here's the best part. You ready for this? I'm telling a true story. The whole bike, the whole church, look at me now, was decorated with bikes. Bikes. Do you remember this? Like he had bikes hanging from the walls of the church all over. And you ready for why? Because it's our Lenten journey. And I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Not the handlebars. He's got that coming. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Can you believe this? Is that not the weirdest? Like, here's this beautiful, well, beautiful-ish, sacred space. And he's like, this needs bikes. So he's up there. I don't know what he's saying, but it ain't the right words. And I've got my little purple stool that I carry everywhere in case someone needs a confession. I slipped it on over my suit and said the right words. And I don't know. I called Bishop Carl. That was Bishop Carl's day. And I was like, here's what I did. He, he knew, I start the story. He goes, don't tell me, don't tell me. So I don't know whether I did the right thing. But when we got in line, I'm serious. He was like, the body of Christ. And in my head, I'm like, I hope. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but one of your friends, Lance Schaefer, is on saying hello. Lance? Doc? Oh my gosh, Doc, I love you. I miss you so bad. Today, oh, Doc. So, Doc is one of my, Lance is Doc, okay? And he's one of my friends, from, God, I'm going to cry. He's one of my friends from Hudson. And today is the sacred heart of Jesus. And God, I'm going to cry. When I woke up this morning, all I could think of was how much God healed my heart at Hudson and, and Manitou Beach. And I love you, Doc, and give everybody my love, especially Dad. I miss him so bad. I have his picture on my wall, him and me, uh, on when Mom died. Uh, the day I got home, or back to Sacred Heart, after my mom's death, Shafe was waiting on my porch. And he took me over to um, 
uh, Butch's. And we just sat on a picnic table and they had a beer together. And uh, I, I love your family. I love Laura and I love Scoobs. I, I love, oh, love you, bro. Miss you so bad. Thanks for coming today on Sacred Heart Day, Sacred Heart of Jesus Day. And my life's better because of that, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it time? Mm -hmm. Oh, my Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. So your assignment for tonight is to pray for, for uh, um, peace. Yeah. That, again, I know, I, I don't know why some people are like this. Guys, I'm not making this up. Uh, this group, whatever they're called, Something Ruth, uh, and they did it last time. They vandalized 30-some churches um including desecrating the blessed sacrament in some churches they've declared tonight quote a night of rage and i do again starting at 8 p.m it's just so weird it'll be like start when you feel rage no 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 and are they gonna have casseroles like is there gonna be a potluck i don't know that would be appropriate but pray for the protection of the blessed sacrament in your church uh pray for the protection of the church building pray for uh women who've had abortions and regret it uh, pray that for women who've had abortions and don't uh, pray for those who've had abortions to save their lives. That's so painful. Jesus loved them. I could go on and on. Uh, our prayer will do so much more than our anger. Um, and um, yeah, I guess that's what I've got to say on that topic. So this weekend at Holy Family, we're going to have a priest uh, missionary coming, uh, who's going to talk to us about his good work in Jamaica and how we as a parish can support it. Um, now I'll be back with you on Wednesday. Ask me what we're talking about. This is so cool. Go ahead. What are we talking I have about? no idea. I haven't got that. <laughs> I just told someone today, I can't write homilies anymore. I'm like, Jesus and God. And he's tall body of Christ. Can you believe that? The dude doesn't say, what, he doesn't say anything. That's so weird. I'm just picturing it. And you could, what do you say? Did you say amen or do you not? Maybe this is like a man thing where you're supposed to do the upside down smile, nod. I had a buddy, he's black. And he always says, white guys, whenever they see a black guy, do the upside down smile and nod. I'm like, that's true. I don't know what that is, but maybe you could do it now. Or how do you say yes? And isn't it, isn't it this in sign? You could just do this. What are we doing? Oh, prayer. Okay. Sorry. Uh, salad brain in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for Genevieve, who, who we laid to rest today. Thank you for her family who loves her so much, and especially her husband. Heavenly Father, we, we ask that you send your spirit on our country and bring peace. And help us to learn to talk to each other, not at each other. Help us to have humility and how we approach our disagreements. Lord, I don't know. We're, we're a wreck. Help us. Come to our rescue. And Father, we ask that if there's anyone listening 
who has been affected by abortion and, and is feeling sorrow, Lord, lift that burden from their heart. Show them your love and your mercy. Wrap your arms around them. And especially for those moms who had to make the hard choice to save their lives so they could continue to be mom and dad at home. You know their hearts. We ask that you protect our churches and our pro-life centers tonight. And we ask, Father, that evil be exposed for those who want to use the good intentions of others to ensue chaos and violence. And Father, you know all those people in our lives that we love and, and we worry about. And you know all those circumstances in our lives that we fret about. Well, we give them all to you, Lord, because we love you so much and we trust you. And may Almighty God bless all of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll see you beautiful people on Wednesday. And until that day, try to behave. Is it over? No, it's never over.